Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. You can listen to us both on Fox Sports 910 Phoenix. Me, 1 to 4 p.m. on the Freaks and Bo 4 to 7 on the Drive. So we're going to do a little, something a little different midweek here. Uh, we missed the podcast on Tuesday, so we'll have a bonus one tomorrow. Uh, Bo is at Disneyland being very selfish, not um, really accommodating anybody but himself. Uh, did you go to Roscoe's? You probably I, didn't have no, time. No, I did not. Probably didn't have time. I didn't. Because it was raining. It was raining. So do you feel like you're going to get electrocuted on those rides? No, that's raining? absurd. I don't know. You, you think that Disneyland would put you on a ride and potentially face some sort of lawsuit? Oh, I don't know. I know that my widow? Wasn't Goofy drunk? Something. People were <laughs> in trouble. Something with now Disneyland. Now you're going, that you're just, you can't control there's everything. There's a viral video of Goofy just waiting <laughs> in a. Did you know Goofy was a, uh, a cow? And not a dog. I saw that on social media today, actually, which is weird. doesn't matter. So, uh, we we're, we can talk offensive coordinator until we're blue in the face, and we probably will until they actually sign somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be another round of interviews uh, today, tomorrow, and through this weekend. Again, things are being kept tight to the vest, a little bit less than we expected, right? I mean, we're still hearing some names before they actually come in an interview. I don't know who's left, because Jim Bob Cooter interviewed yesterday, I do believe, I don't. I don't know who's left, unless you want somebody, a quarterbacks coach or an OC from a playoff team. But I don't see anybody that would fit the mold here. I mean, except for Zach Taylor, but he's going to Cincinnati. It seems right. And Zach Taylor, I, in my opinion, is the worst head coaching hire of the twenty eight nineteen off. See, wouldn't this be a perfect spot for Zach Taylor? As where, far as to become a, a, that a offensive bump coordinator, up, yeah, yeah. Where but it's, instead, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are a horrible organization, yeah. and they're going to make him their next head. Maybe coach. Maybe he likes gingers. Uh, Tom Clements, uh, it was a former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers for years. He was a guy that helped, uh, groom Aaron Rodgers. Whoa, that's an old name. He's, he's old, but, uh, just like we were talking about yesterday on the podcast is you don't want somebody to come in here and ruffle the feathers. You right. don't want somebody that's going to clash with Cliff Kingsbury. You want somebody that's going to help this process. That's going to be able to provide insight. Who's been there. He's an older guy. He's in his sixties. He's got a, he's got a proven track record. And maybe his his voice just kind of proved to be stale in Green Bay. But as far as a secondary offensive voice for the Cardinals, I have no problem with that. See, it's interesting. I thought that maybe, and and a guy that, and I don't know why Byron Leftwich just got overlooked. I'm sure that when he heard B.A. was going, he's like, I'm out. Right. But this would actually have been a perfect thing for Byron Leftwich to kind of mold himself into an OC if the Cardinals wanted to retain him. He's very unassuming. He's not going to ruffle any feathers, and he could actually learn the ropes. But I guess that's obviously long gone at this point. Are you surprised that Tampa Bay just hired him as the OC? Yeah, that, and then they brought in former Arizona Cardinals OC. Uh, Harold, Harold Goodwin, Goodwin, too, so they're so, going to they're gonna do that, a joint role we there. We know that Bruce Arians was the play caller when during his tenure as Arizona Cardinals head coach. We'll see if that continues in Tampa yeah. Bay or if he finally sees, like, okay, I'm going to groom these guys. Yeah. Because when he left the Cardinals, he expected James Betcher to be their head coach. Right. And the Cardinals were like, nah, nah. we're not going to do that. So maybe this time he's going to try to make sure that he leaves his successor in his coaching staff, whether it's Todd Bowles, whether it's Byron Leftwich, whether it's Harold Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Somehow Amos Jones gets hired down in Tampa Jesus. Bay. That guy's a four-letter word around here. Yeah. Because his uh, tenure as special teams head coach or special teams coordinator was a disaster. But yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying as far as Byron Leftwich, but it sounds like, you know, Bruce Serians was the guy that uh, he broke in with. He's learned everything he knows as far as being a, a coach and a play caller in this league from BA. 
why not just go continue that, you know, down in Tampa Bay without having to take a step back from the role that you were just in as an interim offensive right. coordinator? You're not going to be the primary play caller. So I, I don't know what Leftwich is really going to be doing down there in Tampa Bay, but it doesn't sound like he was going to get the same opportunity here. And uh, we'll see who it is. I mean, that that's why guys like John Filippo didn't interest me. I mm-hmm. mean, John Filippo is looking for a fast track to a head coaching right. position. He was the main play caller in Minnesota. We know that that didn't work out. But why would he go play second fiddle at Cliff Kingsbury here in Arizona? Well, that makes sense, and I get it. It's funny that nowadays it's like even if you're up for a head coaching job and you don't get one, you have a leg up on other people. Right. You have a bigger head on other people, even though you didn't make it a full season in Minnesota with arguably on paper the best offense in the NFL, especially coupled with the defense that they had. If you can't win games with that team, I don't know what the hell you're going to do in Jacksonville. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. On the other side, we're going to talk about the Cardinals. You need to potentially pick up some scraps this offseason. I'll tell you what I mean next, Locked on Cardinals. Welcome back, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Dude, we do this so much. I got to do I say I do the same cadence every time. Uh, so there are rumors, and Bo and I were talking about this before we turned the mics on, that Tampa Bay is thinking about cutting Gerald McCoy. They need money. They need money to pay people. Uh Argue, you know, Jameis Winston's going to be up for a contract. I, did Mike Evans? Mike Evans got money already. Yeah, Mike, Mike Evans, Evans got paid is, last year, I think. You think Bruce Arians is going to let a big physical receiver like Mike Evans out of oh, his no, grasp? No, they, no. they are going to get rid of uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, sure. But that's interesting. Uh, why? You, yeah, you would think that Deshaun Jackson would be the the perfect. Not Bruce a lot Aaron's of money. Wide receiver. Still fast as yeah. hell. He can he can take the top and off the defense. Look at what he did with Ryan Fitzpatrick the first quarter of the season last season. He was the best receiver in football fantasy wise. Yeah, we'll see what uh it, it just seems like his it's just the patience with Deshaun Jackson is wearing thin in Tampa Bay. But when you look at the bottom maybe five of teams that are gonna be facing staring down salary cap issues or trying to get under this the cap, it's it's teams like the Panthers, the Eagles are at the dead bottom of that, but of course mm. you're going to take twenty million dollars off the books in Nick Foles. Right. He's going to they're going to have to release him, and then he's going to go elsewhere, right. probably Jacksonville, where we mentioned John DeFilippo. But they still they still haven't coach. said that they weren't good. they still could retain him. They're talking about still retaining him. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's problematic as far as just how much money. Of that course, it is. Foles is going to command. I understand. I just in the contract that they wrote for him. Right, Jacksonville. They're 31st out of 32, so they're going to have to make some money if they want to go get a guy like Foles. So then you start looking at you know who's on their roster. It's mostly on the defensive side of the Which ball. Which is good for the Cardinals. Right, and there's not really anybody as far as that offensive line that because uh, that's where you're looking, right? You're looking for either cornerbacks or you're looking for offensive line because that's kind of the position, the two positions of need for the Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals or maybe even linebacker spot. I mean, yeah, linebacker too. I mean, it was a it was a bugaboo last year at times. But the the Cardinals being in the top 10 as far as having cap flexibility, they're going to come in 8th. The Colts are going to have the most cap space, just an absurd amount. So are the Jets. Then you got the Bills, Browns, Raiders, Texans, Seahawks, and then the Cardinals. Um the Cardinals there's just going to be some interesting names. I I hope that they're not going to be tied to and I don't think they're going to be tied to some of the top tier guys. But you are going to be looking for some guys just because you were the worst team by far in the NFL. You need just to bring in talent. Right. And the Gerald McCoy thing, the reason why we're talking about this is they need interior linemen. 
especially if you're going to run a 3-4, which is, which is what Vance Joseph is going to run, you need a nose tackle. You need a guy like Gerald McCoy that can cover up the cover up two two gaps in the defense at times that needs to be double teamed. And Gerald McCoy, he's going to command some money. I don't know what he has left on his deal. I know he signed a massive deal a few years ago, but a guy like that who's a, who's on the tail end of his peak of his career is a perfect guy where you don't have to waste a draft pick on Quinn and Williams, who it, it honestly didn't look that great in the national championship game. So. It will alleviate stress in the draft if you can bring somebody in like Gerald McCoy mm-hmm. in an effort just to to uh, sure up that D line in the three four in the three four defense with guys with their hands in the dirt. And you brought up a couple names, Malik Jackson and Clayus Campbell. It'll be interesting to see who Jacksonville has to cut because of how many people they paid. Jalen Ramsey, I, st- I believe, is still on his rookie deal. So if you want to keep him, you're gonna have to get rid of a couple guys to right. make way for the money that he's gonna command. Right. So, uh, man, the Colts have that much money. The Colts are going to be good for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 their offensive line is young. Would you have Le'Veon? Would, if you were Le'Veon Bell, would you go there? Yeah, I think that that's – a lot of people are saying, and, and we mentioned the Jets too. I mean, those are going to be two, two of the teams that we just mentioned. How do you ever go to the Jets? Stupid money to spend. Yeah. Where he's like, why would you do that on a running back when it seems like you can go get an, even an undrafted free agent right. and install him into your run game and it, it, it work out? Uh, as far as the the Cardinals yeah. are concerned, I mean, going back to that thirty four defense, you're right. They do need somebody. You need an anchor of that defensive mm-hmm. line, like a Vince Wilfork. Yeah, you need a somebody guy like to just that, be that disruptive that doesn't get hurt that to often. Free up space in in pass rush lanes for guys for your linebackers because mm-hmm. you're going to get Chandler Jones back standing up again and potentially Nick Bosa. And if you want to, I mean, you bring in over Vance Joseph and you look, they did run the thirty four, of course, in Denver. And they had those guys, whether it was uh, Petco in the middle at the nose tackle, or you had uh, Derek Wolf on the end, or, or Goatsis on the other end. Those are your three, four defensive linemen. And then you really look for those money makers, those Von Millers and 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 Bradley Chubb, those guys that are going to be really being disruptive in the pass game as far as rushing the passer. It's going to be interesting to see if who they're going to identify because when you look at the current construct of the Cardinals roster. You you can't rely on Robert Kandiche right. to be that guy. Right. You can't. Even though you you used a first round pick on him and he has all the talent in the world, he can't stay healthy. Or maybe he's just not. He's just not as passionate about playing football as he is for as far as maybe other things in his life. Uh, it's just I don't think you can rely on Robert Kandiche. So yeah, absolutely. I some of those guys who are going to be on the defensive line and then there. Jody Ayler, who's the host of the Midday Show, I'm his executive producer here on Fox Sports 910, identified Bradley Roby as a cornerback who's going to be available. Oh, interesting. Who was in Vance Joseph's system yeah. the last couple of years in Denver. It just seems like it'd be a perfect yeah, fit. Yeah, they need somebody else, and you don't have to waste a draft pick on a corner again. Right. And then you've got you've got him playing opposite Patrick Peterson for the first time since maybe Antonio Cromartie, which yeah. was years ago. Yeah. You can really solidify that position. And I mean, if you're doing, I mean, just think about how much better your defense already is just by making a couple tweaks. Yeah. You know, and not really having to break the bank. And well, I think that's what this offseason is going to be about. Now, I'm not looking forward to a, like last year, last season's offseason was a disaster. And it was just, it was stagnant water. I mean, who did the Cardinals get? Greg that? Little. Greg Little, some guy who hadn't played since 2014, the yeah. wide receiver position. I am going to be interested to see how the Cardinals approach 
their skill position. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Do you think that they're arrogant enough to think that Cliff Kingsbury can t- can do what he did at Texas Tech and take these uh, really n- not talented prospects and turn them into performers? Well, he was running the oop-de-oop. <laughs> I mean, he was. I mean, you have seven receivers out there. It's not going to be the right. same. No. But what you need, like, if they're smart, in my opinion, you need to have a game plan that doesn't include Larry Fitzgerald. You need to have a game plan in place where Christian Kirk will probably be the number two receiver, and you have to bring in a big outside receiver to kind of complement everything. And Fitzgerald, the reason why I say that is Larry Fitzgerald can fall in. I mean, he can be in any scheme. It doesn't matter. You play some X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter where you put him. He'll be able to run routes and get first downs. That's not. That's the beauty of Larry Fitzgerald as a pass catcher is put him anywhere on the field and he'll be able to perform. So you definitely need I, I just you need an Alshon Jeffrey type. Yeah. You know, they're very they're few and far I think between. You can find that in the draft. Maybe, but it's gotta be maybe it's gotta two, be the one. second round. Yeah, second round. Yeah. First overall pick in the second round. But wide receivers are going so, so much higher recently and they're becoming effective. Mike Williams seven, Corey Davis five re- in recent drafts. Right. Nikhil Harry's gonna go top ten this year. But if you look at just the you can find talent. Even mm-hmm. the Cardinals have done that with Christian Kirk. They found him in the second round. Right. He slipped. Uh, I think that that's a that's a great place. Cortland Sutton for the uh, yeah for the Denver Broncos. Broncos. There's just so much talent. Michael Thomas isn't he a second round pick? Is he? I mean, I, I, yeah. I know he's not a he's not a first round pick. Is he Michael Thomas for the Saints? Ohio State. But uh, I mean, you can absolutely find wide receiver depth beyond the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just kind of depends. Obviously, we're relying on a guy like. Steve Kime to make that decision. Uh, second round, 47th overall in the 2016 draft. Wow, so mid-second round. Yeah, for Michael Thomas. That would just be spectacular for the car. I mean, say a guy like Nikhil Harry, who's local here, went to Arizona State. I think that he's going to have some issues as far as his route running is concerned, and he might not show as fast as far as his 40-yard dash as many people anticipate. If he slips, that'd be a good thing. That would be great. That would yeah. be huge for the Cardinals. I mean, this is a the wide receiver position is actually pretty deep. For this draft, I think that that's some that's absolutely a place that they need they need to draft a guy in the second and the third round at the wide receiver position. Have we had the Antonio Brown conversation here? I don't know. I Patrick mean, Peterson just for real quick. Brown. I don't no, know if we no, we're not going to get that crazy. No, no, no. I mean, so, okay, so let's, you're not trading him. Let, let's take a break. Brown. On the other side, we'll talk Antonio Brown. We got to do one more break before we get into this locked on Cardinals. Wrapping up here, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. We'll carry this over into tomorrow. I don't. I don't know if we have. It's been because you've been at Disneyland. You've been very, very. Yeah, I've been standing in lines. Happiest place. I thought no lines. <laughs> lines mean, for pretzels. No, I mean it's you're still standing in lines. It's Disneyland. Yeah, but it was rain. I guess it's good. I remember I would go to Magic Mountain in Valencia when I was growing up, and if you go on the right day, you I rode Viper seven times in a row. I don't even know what There's, that is. Viper's is the iconic ride at Six Flags. Oh, okay. It's um never been to Six Flags. Oh yeah. Well now it's different. Now it's like That's the problem with Disneyland is they only have one coaster for the most we part. Have a couple. Matterhorn. And Matterhorn stinks. Um Splash Mountain still give you the willies. You've got the uh yeah Space Mountain, Dude, which is the iconic. I went, so I went on Splash Mountain and it was the only dry day. And I went midday. So we went to, we went three days. Yeah, hypothermia, bro. The first day was raining. The second day was clear. And the third day was rain. Yeah. Horrible rain. So we go to Splash Mountain the second day. I'm dry. Splash Mountain 
did not know you got soaked. Oh, Bo Brock. So it's mid-50s, and I'm oh. soaking wet. I've got jeans yeah. that weigh Icicles. like 15 pounds. Oh, jeans. No. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> it was an absolute disaster. It was not the most... It was not the happiest place on earth no. for me that day. Don't go on It's a Small World after that, man. You're going to no. lose yourself. No, do so not anyways, go on It's a Small so World. So Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, uh, listen, Art Rooney said they're probably not going to trade him, but they, they're they going to trade him, but they're probably not, you know, it's he's probably not going to come back and they might trade him. He's all over the place. Came out, yes. You know, it's he, getting more and more uh, tunnel visioned to him not being a part of mm-hmm. the Steelers next year, and the Arizona Cardinals team has come up. Just Absolutely. like every other team. Yeah. Listen, every team would be better with Antonio Brown on the field. They were dead last in offense. Yeah. And they have the cap room. They but, have the draft capital. But, Bo, the first thing that I think is, if you're not happy in Pittsburgh, how the hell are you going to be happy with a young quarterback that's still learning the ropes with no offensive line? How well, is this going to not be a disaster? Well, what is he not happy with? He's just not happy with not being the star. Right. right? Well, I think the touches is because Juju Smith-Schuster kind of came out of nowhere out of USC and took all took his deep balls. Juju Smith-Schuster has two or three touchdowns over 75 yards that would have been Antonio Brown. I don't feel like those were deep balls. I mean, those well, – because Juju, he, he runs the slot. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I just – as far as Antonio Brown's – he, he strikes me as a guy, and we've talked to people from the know, uh, Jerry Dulac, who actually had the conversation with Art Rooney Jr. about how – he basically Antonio Brown's tenure with Pittsburgh Steelers is over, and um, he just believes that there's really no scenario they're not going to release him. Obviously, that would be a huge cap yeah, hit to the Steelers. Yeah. They can they can certainly finagle themselves some draft picks. It's just the only concern I have for the Cardinals is you don't want to yield a big draft pick. Like you're not going to give them this a second round pick because right. that's almost a first round pick. If not, it's the 33rd overall pick right. in the draft. I, I even feel cautious giving them a third round mm-hmm. pick for one would be where I would start the conversation. When you look at embattled wide receivers throughout league history, very rarely do they command. I mean, when you say, I mean, let's not even start the conversation at first round pick. It's, no. it's absurd. It's right. absurd for what he's making and the fact that he gave up on his team, like the team that's going to be making the deal for Antonio Brown is taking a risk because of what you're saying. I mean, if he's not happy in Pittsburgh where they've got an embarrassment of riches on offense and they're going, even though they missed the playoffs, they're still going to be in the uh, contender conversation year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to be happy? Right. You well, know? it's. And San Francisco is the t- So, I mean, when you've got the 49ers, you've got the greatest receiver of all time, Jerry Rice saying, let's make this deal happen. Yeah. Antonio Brown wants to come wants to be and be here. a 49er. I mean, does that also kind of get you going, like, we don't have to want to play Antonio Brown right. twice and, a and, year? Right, exactly. And the thing is, but that's not a reason to trade for him just because you don't want to play him twice a year. Sure. So people kind of need to pump the brakes here with Amari Cooper getting traded for a first-round pick. Amari Cooper was garbaggio until he went to Dallas, Okay. And don't look at it as, well, he went, He was just in the wrong system. He didn't have the court of baloney. Amari Cooper, it was like a perfect storm of positivity this year. We'll see what happens next year, but Amari Cooper is, is not a top 10 receiver in this league. So the Dallas got lucky, and Oakland got lucky by what they traded for. Both thought that they were getting the better end of the deal, 
Oakland definitely thought it was going to be a top 15 pick when it wasn't because Dallas went on a huge winning streak once they traded for Amari Cooper. But you can't just say, well, Amari went for number one, so Antonio Brown's way better than him, so he should go for a number one. It was a different situation, desperation probably from both sides, and it just happened to work out for, I guess, both I mean, there was just so, there's so many variables, in right? There. I mean, but as the Amari Cooper thing that's not normal. Contract status. I Nobody mean, expected that to happen. No, and I mean, that and was, yes, that contract was, status that was is a big deal, deal as between well. the the Raiders and the Cowboys, right. which are the, one of the two of the most irrational organizations, right. and and don't really fit the mold of what what's going on. And and look, you got to give credit to where it's due as far as Jerry Jones for pulling that move off. We'll see how it works out. And yeah, where the fruits round are. picks turns into be for John Gruden and the and the Raiders. But no, yeah, that's not the baseline for what Antonio Brown would go for. And right. you and you kinda have to look back at, you know, um what was it, uh Terrell Owens goes for a second round pick before he said that he's not gonna play for the Baltimore Ravens. He has to go back to the Niners and then he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, for a third round pick. And then, uh, I mean, of course, you've got the Randy Moss situation. He got traded for a fourth-round pick. See, it's such a different time then where receivers weren't, even though they were better receivers in the league, it seems they weren't, they didn't hold as much weight. I'm not sure as to why. And I think that that has to be taken into consideration that, I mean, when you look at the teams going forward, you look at New England, they've got a possession receiver in Julian Edelman, but who who else do they have? I mean, they've got Gronk, but he's kind of a shell of himself. Uh, I mean, in in uh, Kansas City, of course, they've got Tariq Hill and they've got Travis Kelsey. But I mean, Tariq Hill is just one of those. He's a burner. He's a guy that you, you took a chance on in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then the other two teams, as far as the NFC is concerned, you've got Michael Thomas, second round pick. I mean, I just you don't see any kind of diva commanding the ball wide receiver type guys in the final four. Yeah. I just that that's the one thing where it's like okay if if we can get Antonio Brown the Cardinals for a fourth round pick let's do it but other than that what what's the what's the allure yeah no I no I agree we've got I mean, so many holes you know is if we if you take Antonio Brown you put him on our roster right now for a fourth round pick which people might call me crazy for saying that but say that happens so it's just you know the the crazy hypothetical happens um. Does it make them better automatically? Yes. It makes them better, but it doesn't take them from three and thirteen to nine and seven. No, no, no. But I mean, or it, ten and six. But having Antonio Brown on the team, you would think, and and I, I've said on the right, I I think he's they, New Orleans needs to trade for him. I mean, that would be perfect spot. Kamara, Thomas, Antonio Brown. The last three years of Drew Brees' career, boom. And then Antonio Brown is unnecessary, anyways. At that point, I mean, he's 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 over. He'll be 33, 34 years old. With the Cardinals, you just need to focus on doing one thing at a time, okay? Get your coaching staff, then look to free agency, and then look to the draft. Because, in my opinion, get as many veterans as you can. In free agency, absolutely. In free agency. Get as many impact guys, not guys that... That you know you want to take a flyer on like ooh let's penny pinch on a receiver bring in Greg Little he'll make the team because there's nobody right didn't. and if you're trading draft picks you're trading them for more draft picks exactly not, you're not trading them for for players and the last thing I will say about the Antonio Brown situation is if I were Art Rooney I would wait until the day before the draft because you know like if you play fantasy football and you are 
auctioning for for a, a waiver wire guy where you don't know what the other bids are. Somebody may offer too much for Antonio Brown because they want to be the one that gets him because it's around draft time. People start to freak out, and hopefully the Arizona Cardinals will not be one of those teams to overvalue Antonio Brown. We will have a bonus podcast tomorrow because we missed on Tuesday because Bo was selfish, and we will check you guys then. See you tomorrow.